0: Domesman and Dover Law Firm presents The Miami audio experience post game show on the home of the Miami Heat AM 560 Sports WQAM FM 99.9 HD2 and always live on the free Odyssey
2: app Demesman and Dover Law Firm Your YourAccidentAttorneys.com Free consultations 24-7 at 866 or more. Sponsored by UHealth, University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute experts treat athletes of all levels, elite pros active adults and youth athletes Athletes, recover your game. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com.
1: Well, I'll see you Saturday night for game six at the Kaseya Center, Heat Nation. Your final score tonight, Boston 110, Miami 97. Welcome into the cool down. I'm Alejandro Solana live from our studios in El Portal. This is your home for Heat basketball. 560 WQAM. Put away the pots and pans. Brandon Tobin, if you're listening from our midday show, put away your top hat and your monocle. Put away your escobas, your brooms. No gentleman sweep. No sweep either. Two straight losses for the Heat. And this series, it feels a lot different now than it did Sunday when you took a three games to nothing lead in Miami. Look, I'm not going to panic, Heat Nation. All the Heat have to do is win one more. They come back to Miami. They're on their home floor. They're more than capable of winning a game six at the Kaseya Center. We know that. But one thing is for sure. They're going to need a hell of a better effort than they gave tonight. From the start, sloppy play from the Miami Heat. Six turnovers in the first quarter Six sloppy turnovers in the first quarter. Miami simply did not look ready for the type of intensity that was going to be needed to win this game in Boston. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo did not show up tonight like you needed them to. They combined 5 of 16 from the field at the half. Neither of them ended with more than 20 points scoring. Bam Adebayo tonight had six turnovers. He didn't even play a minute in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure it was Eric Spolstra putting him on the bench because he was upset with the way he played. Jimmy Butler played 34 minutes tonight, only attempted 10 field goals. Heat were down 15 by the end of the first quarter. It was a 20-point deficit in the first half, and the Heat needed Jimmy Butler to step up. He only attempted 10 field goals for the game. Four of six from the free throw line. That's tough for the Heat. Kyle Lowry in place of Gabe Vincent in the starting five tonight. Lowry's been really good this postseason. But he's just not the guy you you were hoping he would be, especially tonight. Four turnovers in 30 minutes, just five points. He looked lost at times, dribbling the ball off his thigh in important moments for the Heat, trying to put together a run. The only guys who showed up tonight and played with guts were Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, and Haywood Highsmith. Shout out to those three. They played hard and were the only reason this game wasn't even more lopsided, to tell you the truth. And I feel you, Heat fans. I truly feel you. How could the Heat, in a closeout game, on the road, after squandering the first half lead in Game 4, lack urgency in the first quarter tonight? You ended up losing by 13. It was a bit of a run. At the end of the game, with Duncan and Haywood and Jovich in, Celtics had emptied the bench. It was a 15-point deficit, 15-18-point deficit for the most part in the entire second half. That's tough to come back from when Boston's shooting this well. But if you don't let Boston take a 15-point lead against you in the first quarter because you lacked intensity to start the game, that's the difference right there. The Heat hung around in every other quarter. Boston beat them 26 to 24 in the second, 29 to 28 in the third. That's three points right there. And then the Heat in the fourth, again, not the best sample size because Boston had emptied the bench, but Heat beat them 25 to 20. But in, in quarters two and three, Boston only beat you by plus three in those quarters. They had a 15 point. Advantage in the first, and it's all because Miami came out sloppy, not ready to play. I think that's what makes this as frustrating as possible. Think about this the Heat shoot 50% from the field, 39% from three, just shy of 40. I mean, those are good numbers, and you were still down 15 to 18 the entire second half. It just struggled to understand if the Heat really thought the Celtics were just going to lay down. And allow Miami to win this ballgame. That was never going to happen. You needed to go take this from them tonight. You needed your stars to be stars. And they weren't. That energy and that effort was just never there. And they needed to match the hustle from Boston tonight. And it's what you expect from a Heat team. It's the standard. It's the precedent that's been set for these Heat teams. And I think that's the most frustrating part. You didn't get it tonight. Boston breaks open a 23-7 run in the first. They hit 7-12 from deep. Most of those after heat turnovers or second-chance opportunities and most of those seven threes in the first quarter wide open. Totally wide open. Beating, these, beating this Celtics team tough enough when they're shooting like this, right? But you make it ten times harder when you're just handing the ball back to them. Time. And time again. Again, Heat fans, this sucked tonight. I'm with you. But with all this being said, had I told you a week ago you'd have a game six at home, up three games to two, with a chance to win and clinch your way to the NBA Finals, you would have taken that every single time in a heartbeat. Forget that you were up three to nothing. Forget that you've lost the last two. You have an opportunity, up 3-2 to in this series, and all you got to do is win a game six, you would have taken it in a heartbeat. Now you just hope the team that shows up isn't the team we saw in the second half of game four or the team that showed up tonight in Boston. You're hoping the team that shows up Saturday night at the Kaseya Center is the team we saw through the first three games. Coming up, we'll get to our player of the game, plus we'll connect with Tommy Tighe, and we'll hear from Bama Debio as well. He just spoke to the media just minutes ago. Again, your final score tonight, Celtics make this a series. They win 110-97. to The Cooldown with me, Alejandro Solana, on 560 WQAM continues. It's sponsored by Demesman and Dover Law Firm.
2: Let's get back to the Heat postgame show on WQAM. Presented by Demesman and Dover Law Firm uh-huh. on the home of the Heat. AM 560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9 HD2. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Sponsored by UHealth. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com. There will be a game six of the Eastern
1: Conference Finals. He failed to do it at home. They failed to do it in Boston in game five. So now this is a series. Again, ladies and gentlemen, your final tonight, Boston 110. Miami 97. This is the cooldown. I'm Alejandro Solanat, sponsored by DeMesman and Dover Law Firm. Bring in Tommy Tig now. Appreciate you sticking around, Tommy.
0: Absolutely.
1: You had mentioned to me before the game started, you don't want to see the heat go down big early on. Um, you you didn't like the idea of Boston coming out early, and you knew they'd throw the first punch. How could they not, right? Mm-hmm. With the home crowd behind them. But you know a 10 15 point deficit early on you thought would be a, a, a bit tough for the heat to rebound from and uh, i mean you're you're the expert clearly not even close that, but go ahead that's exactly nice try. that is exactly what transpired tonight the heat played sloppy they lacked urgency in the first quarter and boston took advantage and spoke called two timeouts in that first quarter the first one boston goes on a i, I think it ended up being a 14-0 run at one point but it was a 9-0 run that I recall where they hit three
0: 16-1 to, one to s- get them to 20 to 5. To one,
1: right. But the first timeout, it comes at 15 to 5. Mm-hmm. And it's nine consecutive points that I recall. Three straight threes. One by Marcus Smart, one by Al Horford, and one by Jalen Brown. Two of those three from the left corner opposite of the Celtics bench. Wide open. Wide open. And calls timeout. And I said, okay, 15-5. Celtics throw the first punch. Heat playing a little sloppy, no big deal, right? I mean, I I could I could see that happening. Well then, Celtics call another or the Heat have to call another timeout after that because they got even more out of hand. Um and and exactly what you said is what happened tonight. The Heat played with the Celtics the rest of the game. It was back and forth the rest of the game, but you dug yourself a 15-point hole, and, and I truly believe it just came down to effort early on.
0: And you brought up the idea of the Milwaukee series, how both times at home Miami was able to come back from huge deficits And time and time again, I think it's been six times they've been behind by double digits and come back. So obviously, yes, they could come back from a 10-point deficit, 15-5 in the first quarter. But the thing that I said why I thought that a fast start would hurt this time more is because of the momentum they picked up in the second half of the previous game. I didn't want to see them come out and continue playing that style of ball because how many times do we ask the question, hey, can you carry that over into the next game? Even in football, they bring that up, and you got a seven-day break. This was only two days ago, and they went out and played – The similar type of game, taking it right at them, playing great defense and knocking down the three threes that you mentioned. And I thought, well, already you're in a little bit of a difficult position. You're down 15 just seconds later. And the next thing you know, you're playing from behind the entire period and you never got inside double digits. And you knew that was going to hurt you. And so many times they have come back. Very resilient club. We've seen it all season long, but this was just one of those nights like uh, Ron Rothstein taught me about Hubie Brown. You know, there are games you're going to lose. You know darn well you're going to lose, and there's games you know you're going to win. This was one of those, it seemed from the very beginning, the way that they started out playing the game, they were going to lose.
1: So the stat coming into the series that you and I uh, both mentioned several times was you limit Boston to below 40% from three, and Boston becomes, for for the most part, coming into the series, they were... I think 29 and 28 overall this season, when they shoot below 40%, um, obviously now that's turned into a below 500 team because the first three games, Miami kept them below 40%, Miami won. Right. The last two games, tonight Boston shoots 41%, and I think they shot above 50% from three in the last game, but whatever it was, it was definitely above 40%, and they've won the last two games. Is it as simple as this? You, you hold Boston to below 40% and you're going to beat them. I know the Heat obviously have to make their shots on the other end, and there's a lot more to pick apart from tonight. But I'm talking about big picture here. Is it as simple as that? You limit Boston shooting, and they don't shoot as well as they did in the last two games, certainly in the last game and a half, and you're probably going to
0: beat this team at home? You know, I, I'd i have to think that uh, common sense would tell me that, yes, you're 100% right, that if they're going to shoot over 40%. But think about this. How many teams in the league shoot over 40%? It isn't that often that a team will average that for the course of the season. This team does it as well as anybody, and they realize, like Milwaukee, they will live and die on the outside shot. It's just that's the way they play the game. Then let Jason Tatum get the ball and go running all over the building and driving to the bucket like he did in the first part of the game. He only had one for six from three, so he wasn't one of those guys. But if you're going to let those other perimeter players beat you, the Marcus Smarts, the Derek Whites, You know, the Jalen Browns, you're in for an awful long evening. So, yeah, I would think going out there, maybe I'd like to test the theory. Go ahead. Let's see if they can shoot 41% Saturday night and beat them. Think, boy, we overthought this whole concept. But to be honest with you, yeah, I think that's one of the major factors in that whole thing because it opens up so much more that they do.
1: Yeah, because, Tommy, look, the Heat, if I told you coming into tonight, the Heat were going to shoot 51% from the field, 39% from three. They'd shoot 80% at the line. They would out-rebound Boston, or, or I'm sorry, stay in the, in stay, the stay in the competition, right? Today, Boston out-rebounds Miami by one, but even then, if I told you Boston would only have one more rebound than Miami, and the Miami Heat would have more fast break points and would have ten more points in the paint than Boston, you probably would have said, "Okay, like that." That that's probably the key. Unless they found out the, the numbers, success. but then you start looking at the numbers: 23 field goal attempts from Miami from deep in this game, that's the least amount of three-pointers they've attempted this postseason. That's almost as
0: many as Boston made. I mean,
1: I mean th- that that becomes the difference. The types of shots Miami shot tonight is not what they're used to doing in this postseason. And then, you, you pair that with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. At half, I made a big deal of them being 5 of 16 from the field. And I was looking for them in the third quarter to come out and at least you know really set a tone even if their shots weren't going just right. just play with with that that physicality Get it down like that Amy said
0: to about 10 11 points yeah
1: and and jimmy butler ends up 5 of 10 from the field it, it just it wasn't there for either of them tonight
0: well it's funny because how many times are we going to hear this in the next couple of days is that jimmy butler playoff jimmy game going to show up maybe not 56 points like we saw in Milwaukee against Milwaukee but that you're going to have that type of game that maybe he had in Boston last year this was nothing close to that. We understand that if you're only taking ten shots from the floor, games one, game number two, he shot twenty-five shots in each game. In one of those two games, he got to the line eleven times. Those are the type of things that you need from Jimmy Butler. If Boston slows him down, I think they figure out that okay, fine, let Max Strus beat us. One field goal for Max Strus. Kyle Lowry five points without Gabe Vincent in the lineup. The secondary players played so well in game number three. You mentioned them time and again. Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent doing what they were able to do, scoring almost 70 points with a three of them. That didn't come close to happening in tonight's game, even though those three, the two of them that played, played rather well. But still, we said it before. If you think you're going to win the championship based on your secondary role, guys, winning your games for you, it's going to be, you know, probably a difficult task to try to do, even if you're playing in your own building. You need them to play well, and role players usually play better in their home building. We understand that, but it does come down to your stars. This is a star-based league. It's a make-or-miss league. If they're going to take 10 shots and the other guy's only going to take, what, 12 in the two games in Miami, you're going to put yourself in a real difficult position again. I still think you can win this game coming up on Saturday, but you sure as heck have to come out with a little bit more force than you did in this one, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So, Tommy, I'll let you go on this one. Game six returns to Miami. You asked me the same question. The crowd being oh. behind Miami, it, it matters, right?
0: Oh, I, I think there's no question about it. Uh, you know, and that's the another thing about the fast start with Boston. Boston can take the crowd out of the game. They come out and play like this, and all of a sudden, Spoh's taking a timeout at, at 15 to five, and the next thing you know, you're down. 20-something to seven, Then you just can't put yourself in that position as much as you're a good team and coming back from deficits like that. And maybe you could because look what they did last year, down by double digits with three minutes to go in the game. And Jimmy Butler, he unleashes a three-pointer that could have put you in the finals. The way I'd like to see this game go is it comes down to the final play, however they get to that point. And Jimmy Butler's got the ball. Go ahead. Take the three this time. Just a little more arc on it this time. Knock it down and beat them on your home floor. I mean, that's that's why I say this has Game 7 feel all over again. That sounds, And I uh, think it's going to be a pretty close game, to be honest the, with
1: you. You're talking like a, a nice, sweet symphony there to me, Tom. Oh, I like I that it. idea.
0: That's the concept that goes through my mind. What? One more question. Sure. I know
1: I, I, know I told you I'd let you go, but really quickly. That's okay. Tonight, Kyle I'm not Low- doing
0: anything anyway. i got a graham cracker waiting for me. Go for it.
1: <laughs> Kyle Lowry tonight. Plays 30 minutes. I'm, look, I'm, I'm not trying to pile on on Kyle Lowry. I know it's a tough situation to be in, but he bring him in, pay him a nice penny and you're kind of hoping that this is the game that he'd be able to come in and, and, and put on a good performance, and he didn't give that to you today. Now, I'm not playing doctor with Gabe Vincent. I don't know if he's going to be right for Saturday. I have no idea. If he's not, do you think Spo
0: goes to Kyle Lowry again? He doesn't have much of a choice, to be honest with you. When you look at the at the lineup, yeah, okay, you could go with Caleb Martin. You could go with Haywood Highsmith and, and try to do it that way. With him at the four, you may sit Kevin Love. You're down to the point where you're at your final 48 minutes in your building, possibly. That's how big this game is. Sure, you have a Game 7 in your back pocket. Do you really want to go back up to Boston and do something like it? No. You pull all the stops out in this position, and if you're the type of team you think you are, and I think they do feel this way, you do whatever you can to gain this victory. Sure, you're going to put pressure on yourself, realizing that, yeah, okay, you have another game, but still, you're in front of your home fans. They're going to do their darndest to get you this victory Your players have to come up big. I don't think it relies strictly on Kyle Lowry. We're talking about the two guys that matter the most. Jimmy Butler has to play like Jimmy Butler can. Bama DeBio has to play like we know he can. They're all-star competitors Kyle Lowry has to play bigger than he did tonight. I agree. But I'm not going to pile on any one guy in this lineup, whoever it might be, by having a bad game. Then why don't we just do that to Max Struess and a few others who did not play well. They're all capable of doing this. Max Struess knocks down seven threes in game number six. You think anybody's going to remember what happened in game five in Boston? Go back and look at the tape of 2013. Look at the final game. Does anybody remember that Chris Bosh didn't score? Zero points. Does anybody remember what Mike Miller did? Nope. Same exact thing. Ray Allen, no points. They're still revered around here for obvious reasons. Who got the biggest shot in game history? You know, game six history and probably in basketball history. And who got the biggest block, probably in team history? Chris with it yeah. close to being bam in game one against Tatum, but that was game six. Or so you're eliminated. He blocks Danny Green. That's the way I have to look at it. I look at it realistically that your stars have to come out and shine. There's no two ways about it. And the other guys have to pick up their play from tonight.
1: Tommy Tig, thank you very much. I appreciate
0: it. Anytime, Alejandro. I'll see you later. See
1: you Saturday. I look forward to it. All right, we'll take a quick break here again. The Heat, they lose 110-97. to Appreciate Tommy Tig As always, we'll wrap things up on the other side. Bam Adebayo, he spoke to the media. We will have that audio for you. Plus, your player of the game. I'll try to figure it out in this commercial break. You're listening to The Cooldown on 560 WQAM.
2: Welcome back to the Heat Post Game Show on WQAM. Presented by Devesman and Dover Law Firm. On the home of the Heat. AM 560 Sports. WQAM. FM 99.9 HD2. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Sponsored by UHealth. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com.
1: See you at the Casey Center Saturday night. What are you going to do, Heat Nation? Obviously not the night we wanted. But, look, as Tommy was saying, they wrapped this thing up on Saturday. And uh, and we forget about, you know, the Bam Adebayo performance in Game 5. Hey, you move on to the NBA Finals and you, you forget about the second half of Game 4. You forget about this game in Boston, and uh, and you live to fight another series. Heat lose 110-97, game six again, Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Let's head out now to the Heat's interview room and hear from Bam Adebayo. He was asked what Boston did differently against him tonight.
2: Definitely more of a uh, pack paint <coughs> uh, for me, man. You just gotta pick up that sense of urgency and uh watch film and get back to the basics.
0: Bam, Jimmy was just up here a few minutes ago saying that, you know, expressing confidence, saying they guys are gonna take game six. Is that confidence kind of permeate throughout the locker room even after these last two games?
2: Yeah. Why would we lose confidence? Uh <clears throat> when we started this journey, nobody believed in us. Uh everybody thought we was gonna be out the first round, everybody thought we was gonna be out the second round. Now we're here one game away, so for us, man, we've always had confidence, uh, and that's not going to go away.
0: You said that you had to pick up the urgency back to the the offense and what's Boston's doing. Um, how do you what do you have to do uh, when you see this or or even your teammates like to, whether it's getting you the ball quicker or do you need to go quicker or catch it in different spots like what do you have to change?
2: No, I feel like we all just, you know, the offense just got to get a little bit more movement. And, uh, you know, open shots, we take them. Uh, everybody got to be aggressive.
1: That's Bam out of bio there. You know, one thing that, that stands out to me is, you know, more of a sense of urgency, he said. And then he said, why would we lack confidence tonight? And I'm with that. Jimmy Butler earlier, you were listening during the network portion. Tommy Tighe, he played it. Uh, He said, quote, we can and we won't win this series. So, obviously, you know, confidence is still high with the Heat. And I, I said it earlier. You got a game six at home to close out the Celtics? Despite how this series looked on Sunday. You'll take that, man. You'll take game six to close out Boston on your home floor. So, I still think the Heat are in the driver's seat here. And obviously... History is on their side, right? Teams are oh and 150 or whatever, but and nobody wants to hear that tonight. But at home, you have to have that sense of urgency. I don't understand. I'm with you guys. I don't understand how the Heat can come out tonight and say, after this performance, say, Yeah, we need more urgency. I don't I, I you know, I, I wish I had that answer. How could they lack urgency in a game like this? I don't know. But you just hope that they stay true to their word. And on Saturday night, they have more urgency than you've ever seen a damn NBA team have. Because that is a game seven. We're going to hear that a lot over the next 48 hours. Uh, but Amy Otterbert was saying it on the broadcast where this is going to feel like a game seven for Miami. Because you got to go back in that building after blowing a 3 game to so nothing lead and it's winner-take-all. You don't like your odds in that one. I'm not saying it's impossible. He took two in Boston already, but you don't like your odds in that one. You like them a lot better, up three games uh, to two on your home floor where you've only lost one playoff game thus far. And truthfully, you had a six-point lead at halftime. You've played one bad half all postseason on your home floor. Before we end tonight's broadcast, here's your player of the game It's sponsored by Toyota of North Miami. Your next truck or SUV is at Toyota of North Miami. Chat with us online 24-7 at Toyota of North Miami.com. Hablamos Español, French, and Creole. Toyota of North Miami. Your player of the game tonight, unfortunately, is Derek White for the Boston Celtics. Due to 24 points, he hit 6 of 8 from 3, 8 of 11 from the field. It's been torching the heat all series long. But for Miami... I'm giving it to Duncan Robinson. I'm giving it to Haywood Highsmith, and I'm giving it to Caleb Martin. I'd mentioned it earlier. The three guys off the bench tonight, the only three that showed up with guts tonight. The only three that were wearing black jerseys with heat across their chest that showed up like they had culture flowing through their veins tonight. The only three. So those are your player players of the game. Again, sponsored by Toyota of North Miami. We'll do it Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. And by the way, I actually, I just saw this. Um, The Stanley Cup Finals tentative schedule has been released in the past 30 minutes. So Dallas won tonight, which means that game is going to a game five. Vegas leads three games to nothing. They lost tonight, so they're up three games to one If Vegas wins in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, the Florida Panthers will be in Las Vegas May 31st on Wednesday, which is a day before the NBA Finals is supposed to start a week from today. If Dallas wins Game 5 and they force a Game 6, even if it goes 6 or 7, then the NHL Stanley Cup Finals will start Saturday, June 3rd. Which would not interfere with the NBA Finals, which is good news. The Heat get it done. Panthers and Heat looks like they won't overlap the Stanley Cup Finals and the uh, and the NBA Finals, which is good news. So that's the tentative schedule. If Vegas can win it in five, Wednesday, May 31st. If not, it'll start Saturday, June 3rd. Hopefully, the Heat can get it done Saturday night. I'll have preheat for you at 7 p.m. Again, 8 30 p.m. tip off from the Caseya Center. Thank you very much to our producers tonight, Jimmy Garcia and Matthew Wilson. Appreciate them for their hard work tonight. Thank you to Tommy Tighe, as always, who stuck around on tonight's broadcast. He did an excellent job all day today on the Miami Heat Radio Network. Jackson Amy, safe travels back on Heat Force One. I will see you Saturday night. Heat Nation, Hopefully we are celebrating el sábado noche this Saturday night a Miami Heat Eastern Conference Finals championship. I'll talk to you tomorrow 2 to 6 on Hawkman and Crowder and I'll talk to you sábado 7 p.m. right here on your home for Heat Basketball 560 WQAM.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: clock at four. Doncic. The step back three.
2: You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network.